Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. It's not trick to game seven. It's, you know, win or go home. It's just as simple as it gets. I think what we all have grown up playing in, in tournaments like that, where you just, you know, if you if you lose, you go home. I think there's no single better game to be a part of in sports. Uh, game sevens are unbelievably competitive. You're going to see the best from everybody on that court, on both teams. And uh, that's what you come out here to do, is, is to have moments like this, have opportunities to, to, to play in big moments. That's... Mike Conley talking about tonight's Game 7. And PK, you got to hope everybody's that engaged, that dialed in, because it's not what it felt like in the final quarter and a half of Game 5, and it's not what it felt like for the Jazz for big chunks of Game 6. Well, why should it? It wasn't Game 5, wasn't Game 7, and Game 6 wasn't Game 7. Listen to the words of Mike Conley Jr. Then everything will be fine because they'll be completely dialed in. And when they're completely dialed in, they're the better team. Are they? I give you games two, three, and four. Except Denver wasn't completely dialed in because it wasn't a game seven. Dang it. Flung I don't know that they're the better team in all sincerity. I cannot honestly say that without hesitation, without pause, without pondering. And I don't need to go to like a fourth adjective. I think you get the point. Or a noun or a verb, whatever the hell it is. I don't know. Adverb. Maybe a linking verb. Who knows? But the point is, that's why we're 3-3. Because I don't think I can, at least me anyway, can say definitively team a or b is better but i do believe that mike what he's saying here can draw upon his experience and more importantly the team can draw upon the leadership of mike conley this is what they brought him in for this is the very game that they brought him in for if you had one game to date that you brought in mike conley it's this game today this is the exact reason it sums it up why you brought him in and listening to him speak You know he's been there. He knows what he's talking about. So I think the other folks can draw off of that. Whereas Denver, running through their roster off the top of my head, I guess maybe Millsap uh, probably is uh, the most experienced. Unless I'm missing someone with that. Well, the thing thing they have is the two seven-game series that they played last year. And they... Well, obviously they won the first one and they lost the second one. So as a group, they have a couple game sevens under their belt. Okay, but I mean, so does... Gobert and Ingles. They be the guys. got them too. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell does not. This will be his first game seven. Conley's got three of them, but they lost right. them all. A couple were to the Thunder, and uh, one was to the Clippers. And then a couple of them were first round, and one of them was second round. So he's been there. Now can he break through and win one? Tip-off tonight, 6.30 on ABC. Pre-game show at 5.30. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Our team, bubble life is different. You know, when when you are sort of on the ropes like that, down three to two, like you got to pack. <laughs> they have you pack and be ready for just in case you, you have to leave the next day. You know, so, you know, we, we, we not ready to go yet. You know, and our, our team... We have had a memorable season, uh, a lot of ups and downs and all that, and we just we just going to continue to fight. We wouldn't have it any other way. 
That's Chris Paul after he went for 28 points, seven boards, three assists, three steals, hit a couple of huge three-pointers late in the game. And Oklahoma City closes that game on a 12-3 run to come from behind in the final four minutes and win 104-100. Houston's offense came to a grinding halt under pressure there, PK. I thought after that big three by uh, Harden gets pressure and he was completely covered and just made it anyway against great defense. I thought, well, they're going to get this done, but it turns out they only scored one more time. Well, yeah, Westbrook looked like he was going to throw the game. If I was the NBA, I would check Vegas betting. (laughs) Last 90 (laughs) seconds, Westbrook had two turnovers, and he shot an air ball. And that air ball, uh, what was going on there, man? It was like uh, just above the free throw line, if I remember, right at it. Yeah, about an 18-footer. It might have been a little. two, two Two feet short. And Harden made a great play to uh, keep the ball in bounds. Uh, he's, I think he threw it off uh, Gallinari. If I yeah, he jumped. Correctly. He jumped over uh, the classic yeah. save, jumping over the baseline and flinging it off an opposing player's leg. But but to be able to do all that was a very athletic move. But yeah, the Harden did not touch the ball. Weber kept almost like screaming about, "Well, why isn't Harden getting the ball?" And Weber being an uh, analyst, obviously. And so yeah, and then retrospect clearly. I mean, D'Antoni's supposed to be this good coach, but why wasn't Harden involved more? I mean, he's a prolific offensive player uh, from the guard line. If you just go strictly guard and just I'm, I'm like the pure point guard now yeah. at Stockton to make the case. If you go pure guard, you know, he's probably the best guard offensively in the league and has been, but he didn't do anything. He didn't have the ball. It was crazy. It was, it was just uh, I didn't know what was going on there. But you got to give the Thunder a lot of credit, man. That's that's the way you rebuild. <laughs> Talk about rebuilding on the fly. Uh, that's a pretty good job that uh, Presti, their GM, has done to be able to be this competitive after losing so much talent over the years and still keep it uh, better than afloat. Um, I was impressed with the way, well, really the way both teams competed. It's what I would expect and. In NBA playoffs, even though they're in August, and we're getting that type of competition and that type of hustle and you know give your all situation. One hundred four, one hundred. Now we get a game seven tomorrow night between the Rockets and the Thunder. Over in the East, we had a bunch of short series, so they're into the second round already. Heat beat the Bucks. Jimmy Butler went for forty. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the MVP, but he was struggling to score, and Butler was not. He was hitting everything, PK. He really was. I, I just don't see the Bucks as a team capable. I've been saying it for weeks now. And they've got Antetokounmpo's at the top. He didn't have a big game. But then the rest of the guys, with the potential exception outside of Middleton, Middleton it seemed like they're just a bunch of average NBA guys. Yes, it's Cleveland 2007 all over again. And, and Middleton actually shot it really well. I mean, if you went in and said Middleton's going to average 28 points a game in this series, uh, and they wasted a hot shooting night from Brooke Lopez. He's not going to shoot. He's, I mean, he's really improved himself as a three-point shooter, but he's not going to make two-thirds of his three-pointers. Not throughout the whole series. He's an okay player. Yeah. He belongs in the NBA, but I'm not – just going to run up and down that they got blo- uh, either of the Lopez's. Uh, it's, it's not like it's Raul Lopez. You know what I mean? Oh. Back no, in. Yeah, Felipe Lopez. You know, Evelyn Lopez. And she, she, she shattered moments. 
Celtics-Raptors playing today. Boston's already won one game in this series. That's on ESPN at 3.30 this afternoon, followed by the Jazz and the Nuggets at 6.30. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I look at it every day as really a competition, uh, obviously within the room, but also a competition, you know, for myself, uh, against myself, you know. I've always looked at it as every day I want to go out there and get better at something and try not to make the same mistake I made yesterday or the day before or so on and so forth. So for me, it's always looked at as a competition, whether you're, you know, playing behind Tom Brady every single day like I was last year or playing alongside, you know, Cam and Hoy this year. Whatever it may be, that's just kind of how I've always looked at it. That is the Patriots quarterback, Jared Stidham, right there, saying all the right things about competing with Cam Newton. No preseason games, PK. When you have a when you have a quarterback, at least theoretically, Derby, I, I expect Cam Newton's going to end up the starter, but no preseason games to watch, nothing to judge at all. Even if preseason games aren't all that, there's something, and right now we got nothing. Well, two things that uh, that's what I would want any individual, no matter what position he's playing in what sport. You're competing to be the starter, but you're also competing against yourself to be better. Those are two facts that are universal. And I don't think the preseason games matter in the least because the NFL has proven you can get off to real slow starts and still make the postseason. So they'll have plenty of opportunities to compete and show what they can do. I don't know how much they would play in the preseason anyway, how much Cam Newton would play with that situation. Maybe he would have played five quarters or a half. I'm not sure. But I do know that in the NFL, you don't have to get off to a rip-roaring start to get into the postseason. So Belichick will be able to figure it out. If anybody has proven himself in evaluating players, it's Bill Belichick. So I don't think he's over there sweating it too much. I mean, they got so many players that they have to find because they've let some guys go and then a bunch of their players have opted out. Uh, so he's got pressing needs that go well beyond the quarterback. Kansas City Chiefs reportedly signing Andy Reid and the GM, Brett Beach, to long-term extensions. They're going to be signed through 2025. And they got there in 2013, so that's an awfully good run in Kansas City. And that's the end of that contract. That's through 12 years then. Uh, yeah, obviously. That's what that's what Andy Reid does. I mean, he was there in Philly for a good long time, too. Uh, he's 62 years old. So what did you say through 25? That's five years from now. See where he's at. But obviously, yeah, he's done one of the best. He's, he's a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, I don't think anybody can argue that. When you win this big at two different places, and what you did in Kansas City was probably, I can't maybe remember Philly. Kansas City's more fresh, fresher on my mind to realize that they were such a disaster to the point of a, a player taking his life in the parking lot and, uh, of the stadium there between the baseball stadium and the football stadium and how bad they were and how quickly, this is amazing how quickly Andy Reid got them to where they are and then they took it up or where they needed to be and then he took it up a little bit with the Mahomes obviously drafting and they are off and running so yes, he's going to end up being right there wouldn't you say I mean they've had some good coaches over the years uh, Schottenheimer and Reid and obviously way back when Hank Stram but he's going to be right there with anybody 
He in Philadelphia went to four straight conference titles in the fourth year they went to the Super Bowl. So he's got a big old pile of wins and some playoff success in Philly. And then you got another big old pile of wins in Kansas City and the ultimate success with the Super Bowl win in Kansas City. So I, I think he was probably going to be a Hall of Fame coach before they won the Super Bowl, but now he obviously is. I mean, that's that was yeah, the so, only thing missing on the resume, and you can get into so the Hall of Fame signed, that. signed, yeah, you can, obviously, and you should should be. Uh, you're signed for five more years. That puts him at 67. That gives him at least another five years where he can beat BYU's head coach. <laughs> Injuries piling up, even though there are no preseason games. Chargers defensive star, their safety, Derwin James, has surgery on his right knee. He's going to be out six to eight months. He was uh, hurt last year as well. So really well thought of talent out of Florida State, but out again. And the NFL has uh, got an investigation into the Washington football team over alleged sexual harassment. Is Dan Snyder going to lose that team or not? I guess we'll know more after the investigation's done. There's been all kinds of speculation, and you would think they'd get that out of the way before the season started if they were going to do it, and we're almost to the season, so. Yeah, I had a reporter from Washington contact me, and I tweeted back, I'm in, they've got my number. Ah, I see what you did there. Nice, that was well done. (laughs) PK, NFL owner. Go deep every play. <laughs> you had to get two or three billion lying around you're not using? Uh, man, I don't even think I have two or three hundred. <laughs> DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. I think he's healthy, number one. Uh, I think that he had a great offseason. Not having to rehab or anything like that, I think it was a, able, he was able to just master his craft a little bit more and, and improve his game, and he worked really hard during the offseason. Just having that another year and, and more time under his belt and understanding the system, I think fall camp-wise, it was you know, this is his third fall camp. Instead of trying to establish himself as a player, now he's trying to compete, which is he's going to have to do every time. Compete and try to solidify his spot, but within the midst of doing that, he was able to work on his relationship his timing, iron out some things that, that he wanted to make become his strengths as a quarterback, and, and it showed. Every position is going to have to compete. We'll play the best guys, and he definitely earned it. Kalani Sataki on why Zach Wilson is number one on the depth chart at quarterback at BYU. Yeah, well, we obviously we knew that was coming. I think he's the best player. I think his health, I think what Kalani said there, is very important. I'm expecting him, particularly against this schedule, although maybe not as much against the other schedule, but even with the other schedule, I think he has all the talent in the world. I think he's a big-time player. People that I trust way more than anything that I can tell you, and that's that's where I get a lot of my stuff is people tell me stuff. I'm not an expert really in anything, uh, but people who are tell me about these things, and yeah, I think he's going to be a big-time player. So it's going to be a little harder, though, because his uh, best option at receiver, according to coaches on the record, uh, A-Rod in a Zoom call a couple weeks ago asked who looked good. He said, well, the easy answer is Matt Bushman. And Matt Bushman was carted off the field at the end of Cougars practice with what appears to be a season-ending leg injury. Multiple sources revealing that to our own Jake Hatch. He's got a little uh, got a little digital work on the side going, if you know what I mean, PK. A little podcast here, a little newsletter there. Actually, I think he has a little producing going on the side. 
<laughs> He's now nodding in the affirmative. <laughs> Just because it's a bigger paycheck doesn't mean it's the priority. Yeah, guys, I'll get back to you. Yeah, exactly. But you uh, you said out this morning, you said uh, family members confirmed the injury for you, and this was floating around, but nobody had it locked down last night. It's an Achilles injury. so Yeah, I've got extended family of his, very much extended, but I know folk, and that's all true. And, and I feel awful for the young man because, you know, he chose to come back, Chad Lewis's son-in-law, uh, and it's, it just sucks, man. We've seen this. Anytime this, and it seems like it happens, every program, somebody, it's like there's just like some dark cloud hovering over practice, and at any time it's just going to, like one of those uh, one of those pelicans, you know, they fly over the ocean, and they just swoop down into the water. It's so cool when you see it. Grab the see, fish. Yeah, and it's like they're, it's, it's above the every football college program, and they're just going to swoop down. It's going to hit somebody. And somebody's going to have a devastating injury. And now it looks like it's going to be Bushman's turn. And it just absolutely sucks. He's a great kid. You know, we've all interviewed him and all that stuff. And we hope he can come back and get himself in the NFL where he can make some money and, and go on and do what he do what he should be able to do. So there's been a lot of controversy about the Big Ten. Did they even take a vote? So now the Big Ten reveals that they voted 11-3. to to postpone the fall football season. Uh, that came out of two affidavits because uh, eight Nebraska players filed a lawsuit. So you go through discovery and all that. And so it was an 11-3 to vote. To uh, avoid discovery, they've released this. Oh, to avoid discovery. Yeah. Okay. So so we discover stuff to avoid discovery? Sure. Interesting. All right. Okay, fine. Uh, I think it was a no-brainer that two schools were Nebraska and Ohio State, and the third school is Iowa. Multiple sources tell ESPN. Yeah, I, I don't get it. You know, I get that you may have to stop the season for health reasons, and I'm all for health reasons, but I don't get why you had to make the decision two months before you played a game, nor do I get why you couldn't try it. And then if, if you can't go, you can't go. But why? And maybe that's, that's going to end up what it is. We hope not all of us, I would think anyway. Although, I, to, to me, there's a lot of national media, I mean, some regional voicing their opinions, telling us, no, they did the right thing, they can't play. It's almost like they're rooting for it. Can't tell me there's not a political agenda involved here. You don't think it's, uh, they've got sources and they're trying to make the sources look good so that they continue to get fed, so they continue to get fed information? Yeah, I mean, the sources in the beginning were coming out of the Big Ten. It's easy to figure that out. Yeah, absolutely. But But then after the decision was made, is that, well, they made the right decision. Why? How do you know that? That's my point. Maybe they did make the right decision, but we don't know that. That's the whole well, point. Why not give it, would, it a shot? It would be awesome if we had medical people on who were involved in this, and Yach has tried, but how's that going, Yach? Have you tried again? Yeah, we're still getting crickets on that front. I think somebody said something they weren't supposed to say. So they got shut down. be awesome to hear from medical people on that. Alabama coach Nick Saban led dozens of his football players and other athletes on a march to protest social injustice and recent incidents of police brutality against black men and women. The group marched the short distance Monday on the school's campus from the athletic facility to Foster Auditorium, where then-Governor George Wallace stood at the door in 1963 trying to block the entry of two black students. 
So is Nick Saban going to get politicized there in Alabama? Are people going to look at that and say, well, he's a football coach and he's recruiting athletes, so he has to do this? Or in a state that's very red, are people actually going to get mad at Nick Saban, who is pretty much everybody's hero? Well, there's a, there's a chunk of Alabama over there on one side of the state that's Auburn territory, but it's mostly I mean, Alabama fans. I mean, this is just my opinion. Anybody can have their own. I didn't really view it as that political. I viewed it as common sense. It was way more symbolic than actually anything. And it was a powerful form of symbolism, just watching them do that. I mean, I saw the clips. Probably everybody did. So I don't think it was disrespectful. You can't claim, oh, you're, dis- you're not uh, honoring the military. You're not this or that. It was just a march for uh, our brothers and sisters who happen to be black. I mean, you could do it for Hispanic. And, and Hispanics are close to my heart, too. Uh, for, for, you know, obvious reasons. They don't get near enough run, in my opinion, or it could have been for Native Americans, which are close to my heart, too, having grown up in Arizona. And then who's going who's gonna to say, man, no, I don't want them to have that. I, I don't see it. So I thought it was a powerful, symbolic move. I, I personally had zero problem with it. But we don't live down there in Alabama either. So I wonder how it will play there for you. I've been there. Does that work? I, have, I have not. That is one of the 13 states on my list. Got to get to all 50. I've, been to Tuscaloosa. I've been on their campus. Yeah. You covered a BYU-Alabama game back there, right? I've covered basketball there. Oh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Utes had that home and home. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Marquez working with good pace here. Delivers a 2-1 pitch that will send it to straightaway center field. It is high. It is deep. It is going to be just over the fence for a home run. Myers joins the homer party. He hits his ninth of the season. And a leadoff shot here in the fourth inning makes it 4 to nothing, San Diego. Uh, you know, I can't get used to it. It's more than a month, PK. But, you know, someone hits a home run and the crowd should roar. And instead we've got, you know, Woo! Individual, yeah. individual voices, one person whistling. Well, I was watching that game on the uh, Colorado Network, and it was fun to see because those guys were crying. Oh, that game was on ESPN. You could have avoided those guys. I know. But, but you I, didn't want to because they were crying. He, he yeah, because they the were Homer losing. Yeah. Nature. <laughs> so I wanted to I wanted to hear them whine. <laughs> I know it was on ESPN, but I, since the Padres were losing, I mean, excuse me, the Rockies were losing, I wanted to hear the Rockies. You know, that was a club that had problems hitting uh, home runs, and uh, that that hasn't been a problem for this team this year, whether they're home or away, and they were in yeah. Colorado. You're going to uh, have to stop series. living in the past, buddy. So all that <laughs> whining about the bullpark was really not the ballpark. It was just those guys sucked. Yeah. Well, these guys. Again, again, let's not live in the past with these guys. Okay? These guys, they got a ton of power hitters on this team. Yeah, and they also have the second-best record in the National League. They just required an A's in Columbia. Yes. They're going to go to the postseason and be a dangerous out. Come on. As Clevenger said, uh, basically paraphrasing, who wouldn't want to go to San Diego? (laughs) That's the attitude we want to hear. Yeah. I mean, they're only trailing the Dodgers right now in winning percentage in the league. In the league. What do you want? Better than the other division leaders. Although it's kind of like three separate leagues now because you're not playing, so you can't just look at the record, you know, or – but I don't need to look at the record. I can look at the town again. Don't look you're at not the town. Holtz and just be negative all year. About no, this, I'm not you? negative at all. I'm thoroughly Jeez. enjoying this. They took three out of four in that series. You all right. Earned, you haven't earned the right to enjoy it, but that's another story. Yes, I have. I got 
Just because I, again, just I checked past. out for the last five doesn't mean I haven't last suffered enough. The last 15. No, not 15. They've been were, a soccer boy. They were good then. Good they were man. good. They oh, made the playoffs since 2006. Oh, oh uh, <laughs> they had four straight winning seasons in the middle of that decade. Again, you're living in the past. No, that was when they were good last. Padres won that 6-0. The Yankees, who were the favorite in the American League, beaten by the Rays 7-1, and Tampa Bay has separated themselves, PK. Four-and-a-half game lead in the American League East, and they've won seven out of the eight against the Yankees head-to-head. And the question at the start was, can the Yankees bash their way to the World Series in a showdown with the Dodgers? And right now it doesn't look good. I mean, you still got the playoffs, and we'll see how it plays out. But there are multiple teams with better records than the Yankees right now. Just for uh, accuracy, accuracy's sake, if anyone is listening, they actually beat them five to three. But uh, they, they are very good. They got a great team. And now you both of you two are scrambling to look that up. But no, Yach's look looking at something else. <laughs> it wasn't seven one. It was five three. White Sox, Indians, uh, Athletics, all with better records than the Yankees right now. But it's a forgiving year. Eight teams are getting in the playoffs, so the Yankees still on track for that. All right, What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That is Shamrock Plumbing. All right, DJ and PK coming up. Game 7. What do you think? What are you expecting? How much hope do you have? What are the odds the Jazz are going to pull this off? We'll get to all of that Coming up, we've got the uh, one of the uh, hosts of the Altitude TV network, uh, works with the Denver Nuggets, coming up at 8 o'clock. Uh, also, reporter from NBA Bleacher Report, Sean Hyken, is going to join us at 9 o'clock. Stay with us. It's DJ and PK on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. I know we don't talk a lot of boxing on this show, but over the weekend, I had a speed bag when I was a kid. Did you know that? Did I ever tell you that? Jake, were you about to tell a story that wasn't about Gordon? Was, How dare you? I was about to get into what How happened over the weekend, you, and now all of a sudden we're into Gordon's speed bag you as a said kid. boxing isn't what it once was. But you said it wasn't about him. No. I want to know. It's not, hey, everybody, look at me. Some pr- fat guy won a match over the weekend. That may be the best story of the year right there. Right. Exactly. And, you, and you undersold it. Come on. Bring it strong. I wouldn't have interrupted that. I'm Gordon Monson. <laughs> Didn't even get to the story. Catch the Big Show. Present. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master uh, Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction is guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. Question of the morning. The Jazz and the Nuggets are tied 3-3, 3-3, what kind of chance to give the Jazz winning Game 7 tonight? Ryan gets really logical right out of the gate, PK. So logical. I think this series has proven either team is capable of beating the other. It's tied oh, 3-3. Considering there's no, no home court advantage for either team, 50-50 is the only logical answer. It's a straight toss-up. I just I get nervous when you throw the number 50 because immediately Jamal Murray comes to mind. 
Why not Donovan Mitchell? He's had two 50-point games. I know, but I just go more recent. See, you live in the past. I don't know right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Jamal Murray posted 50. I have nightmares. I think that if you're a jazz player today and you didn't wake up this morning just so excited and this is all that's on your mind, I know life is more important. I'm sick. I'm not sick of it. That, that sounds too sens- insensitive, but... Sometimes I have to admit, it, it wears on me having millionaires telling me other things are important, more important. I know they are. You don't have to tell me about it. I get it. I already knew that. I've known it my whole life. There's a trillion things that are more important than sports. But at the same time, there's a trillion things that are more important than my job. We all understand that. Personal lives and whatnot. But right now... This is what should matter the most. And right now, it's 737 on September 1st. This is what matters to me right now, in the moment. And the Jazz, they should be in this moment. And they should be extremely excited. And even if you want to even have a little butterflies, as they say, I'm okay with that too. Because I think that's normal. You know, I think that goes away once you get in the game. Because the game is the game. And it's something you've done a million times. And so there's nothing wrong with being a little nervous. But... I would think that I would want these guys to be so excited to have this opportunity to prove themselves because this is where reps are made. This is what it's about. Reps aren't made in January. <clears throat> I never thought I'd say reps are made in August in the NBA, but here we are, you know, the postseason. And this is this is what you'll remember. You know, you've been, you talked about jazz, you, you, especially somebody like you who really appreciates this stuff historically. And if somebody goes out and has a massive game tonight, you'll you'll be talking about it five years from now, as long as they win and all that stuff. So this is a phenomenal opportunity to bring some attention. And Keith Van Horn was on Twitter saying, nobody, nobody outside of Utah cares about the Jazz. Nobody. He literally said nobody. Can you believe that? Did you see that? I did see that, and I could believe it. How disrespectful is that? After all we did for him. My God. <laughs> he just, hey, you can handle hard truths as long as it's the truth. And I just think there's a lot of truth in what he said. Yeah, but a lot of truth isn't the truth. Yeah, nobody cares. Okay, <laughs> somebody cares. But I'm the point is not a lot person. of people. There's a game sound come out, but it wasn't on but, their network, so that's a little bit of a factor. But the uh, NBA uh, TNT postgame thing did a lot of stuff. I didn't see them talk about Game 7 and look ahead to tomorrow's big game. And it's not their game, but I've seen them look ahead to games before that weren't on that oh, network. Okay, but at the same time, that puts them in no different case than Portland, than Phoenix, than Denver. I agree with that. And blah, 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 yep. on and on. Yep. There are, depending on how you count it and who you are, there's 5 to 8 to, at most, Ten teams that really matter. Milwaukee so matters temporarily. That's my point. Why? Yeah, I didn't why? get how I did not get how it started. I don't know if he was replying to something or somebody in his timeline or he was it wasn't just shooting obvious. down jazz fans is yeah. what he was doing. He's putting them in their place. <laughs> he felt the need to put them in their place. Well, screw him. <laughs> what the you're not a that makes you even more unique than anybody could be a Jordan fan at the time and a Laker fan, and we know the stories of the Warriors here recently, and LeBron, whoop de doo Wow, that's really special. You and five trillion other people. But to be a hardcore jazz fan, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. 
Those are the people we talk to every single day, Monday through Friday. Because it's not easy. You don't have the overwhelming where they're talking to you. I'm talking about you. Apparently, I don't know when you were listening to TNT. and So somehow that's, that's disrespectful. It's so easy to just rag on the jazz. Everybody does it. Bunch of hicks out there in the middle of nowhere. Oh, that's Utah for you. One guy says one thing that's off color. Well, what do you expect from Utah? You know what I mean? Let's just dump on them. My gosh, that's fresh. You're going to have a lot of blowback if you go on nationally and say, oh, yeah, those, them, them people out in Utah, you people. Yeah, wow. No one's going to bat an eyelash. We know that because of what Rodman did. No one said anything, really, relatively. You know, you do it some other groups, and there's marches and all sorts of stuff going on. But you can do whatever you want to our folk, and nobody says anything. So they're a special oh, breed. Carlos Boozer stuck up when the Miami host pulled that shtick. Yes, he did. But, I mean, that was just, that was. One guy yeah, one time. He did. One guy he one did. time, but he did. He stuck up. Yeah. Oh, come on now. It's not that. Right, babe. And it was just out of ignorance. They haven't been here. And they, they, they have no freaking idea. Walk our streets, hike our mountains, is. visit our national parks. On and on and on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just, it's a never-ending list of uh, beauty in this state and the people. They take a bad rap. I mean, come on. So, yeah, so he's dumping on them. But, yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't say, well, gosh, nobody. Why would you want to go to Portland? I freaking riot every night. <laughs> he says that. <laughs> but, yeah, oh, Utah. Oh, jeez. Why, why did he even let them in the, in the country? Is it just because they were connected to, to the other states around them so we had no choice? I mean, that's practically what they're saying. Come on, DJ. I'm surprised you're so disrespectful. Talk about biting the hand that feeds you. What you just said is unbelievable. I need to distance myself from that dramatically. Brenda says if Donovan Mitchell is the only one who shows up to play, then the Jazz have a 0% chance of winning. Ingles and O'Neal have got to score more than 10 points between the two of them. You know, the funny thing is Joe's had uh, three games where he scored a grand total of seven points, and the Jazz are actually 2-1 and one in those games. His scoring has not been the key to victory in this, in this uh, series. Okay, but his, has his lack of scoring contributed to defeats? When they, uh, well, you could argue in game six it did, but not in the other games. In games three and four, he didn't score, and they won. No, no, no. I'm talking about defeats. Not, well, not in the, the games lost, they won. When they lost 117-107 in game five, he had 13 points. When they lost yeah, in OT in the opening game, he had 19 points. So when he's in double figures, they are one and two. Okay, that's what I'm asking. Yeah. Well, I, I think he's got to contribute more offensively. I do too. I think that's, uh, you know, I think everyone would be more comfortable if Joe was hitting threes. Now, in this series, the wins and losses don't back that up, but we've watched a lot more basketball than this series, and I think we all feel like they're a more dangerous team when he's hitting threes. The three-pointer is so important, you really can't, that, you know, so many of them are taken, you need to make, you know, probably at least 15 threes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you really don't expect someone to do what Jamal Murray did and go nine for 12. If you do that, you're probably going to get to 15 threes because the guy's going to make one here or there. But generally, you need, 
you know, you want three or four guys to be hitting four or five three pointers each. That I think is more, the way more people feel comfortable. Now, having said this, if Donovan Mitchell goes for sixty, Joe's not going to be shooting. He's going to be pulling the old Scotty Pippen. Yeah, I got Donovan the ball and I got the hell out of the way. What were you thinking on that last possession in Game Six? I think I get the hell out of the way. Well, well the better like you, you just give me the mic and get the hell out of the way. Yeah, see, exactly. How's that worked? <laughs> We're in our 19th year. See? <laughs> There's no I in team. There's no microphone in team. I don't know. That doesn't really work. Not but you with get you the and point. me, there isn't. No. It's just like, he's on a roll. Be quiet. You know, one of the things that I want to see tonight after the game is I want Royce O'Neal to be dog-tired. Playing his heart out. Running forever. Yes. Defending. Particularly on one side of the court. Yeah. De- de- it switches at halftime. <laughs> right. <laughs> Defending Jamal Murray, giving it his all, making him take tough shots, and figuring exactly. that only a small percentage of those are going to go in. Right. Yeah. Just I want I want Royce's tongue to be like a dog dragging on the floor when the game is over. I don't want him to get into foul trouble, and I want him to play thirty some minutes. And I can't say I don't totally care what he does on offense. You got to do something. At least uh, it'll be some form of a threat, and you know you're you're going to get a in the course of a game. If you're playing 30 minutes or so, you're probably going to get two or three wide open shots just by being out there. But I really want him to just lay it out all on, on the line defensively against Murray. Um, it, I don't know if Murray can be stopped, and I Majerus was a master of team defense. I mean, I I don't I literally don't think there's ever been a person on this planet who taught team defense better ever anybody any level really any sport but we'll just stick with basketball than Majerus did so I can't say it's just a one-on-one matchup uh, but I just want him to just try to make life as difficult as possible for Jamal Murray because that's what I'm talking about postseason it's where reps are made if Jamal Murray goes out and does what he's been doing in a game seven it's like as impressive as the other games have been with him, if he does it in the closeout game seven for both teams, people are going to be talking about him big time, man. In a way that they really haven't. Because no. like the Jazz, the Nuggets don't get any pub. They're one of the 20 to 25 teams. It's kind of like, yeah, great, you played. And even... When people did talk about Denver, it was more about the Joker. Absolutely, yeah, it was and has been. He he's been the second guy uh, who gets mentioned, and this series he's played his way into being the first guy who gets mentioned. Not that yes. the Joker's had a bad series, he hasn't. He's gone out, he's gotten his twenty points, and you know his little post moves and all the tricky little stuff he does to create space in the lane. Little bump, little flick here, hit some three pointers. He's done his thing, but Murray's been off the charts. Right, right. And so even more so than – I think Mitchell's gotten more publicity than um, Jamal Murray has yes. had. He's a more charismatic guy, I think, uh, also, too. And he's more athletic, so you're going to see he plays more up in highlight the dunks. Yep. Of, and that, that always captures everyone's attention. We can recall the one against Houston as if it were yesterday and the, the, some of the windmill dunks that he's had. and you know, They're just spectacular plays. He's a very uh, magnetic, in addition to being a big-time talent, he's a, just a magnetic guy. People are drawn to him 
individually. So, and and but if he comes up big in the manner that he's done, he I think he has a higher profile than Murray. So, it, but it will grow even higher. That's that's why it, it's just the first round. I don't want to go nuts, but still, game sevens, they they can be awesome. And if you're the guy, you're going to remember. Because what was that Jordan shot over Elo? Was that a first rounder? Yeah, that was a uh, game five. But, but it was game five. It was I game five. It was, right, it was, it was two, a deciding two. game. Yep. Back when they had the five game series yeah. in the first round. So I know it wasn't a game seven the way, but it was still. It was I a mean, decisive game. How many times have we seen that move? Uh, a couple hundred thousand. <laughs> At least. <laughs> a couple hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah. You know, and obviously he backed it up. And if that would have been the uh, just the highlight of his NBA career and there wasn't anything better, it probably wouldn't be as big. I understand that, too. But still, that was a game-winning shot in a deciding game. Now, that was on the road, too, so that was even doubly awesome. And, and Elo was all over him. I mean, I don't know that you could have defended the man any better than he did when the guy double pumps. But if there's something like that, that's just going to be incredible. That's just going to be awesome. we got more people weighing in. What will Game 7 look like? What is going to happen? Chris couldn't be more negative. Cody's down. They got a 25% chance. Chris says, well, they got a 10% chance unless any of them grow a pair or they sign a wing defender before Tuesday. Grow a pair of what? You know what. Apples? Sure. Metaphorically speaking, sure. (laughs) Well, have have they lacked a pair? Then has that been the problem? Uh, not specifically, but if you're going with the most recent thing you've seen, they look discombobulated at the end of Game Six. And if you thought that they were, if you thought that were intimidation or lack of toughness and ability to respond, then I could see why you would say that. Uh, I think if you look at the series as a whole, and you know we remember what we've seen most recently. We've now seen both teams. You can't say the Jazz got blown out, but Denver dominated the fourth quarter. Uh, the Jazz have, have two blowouts. And they both won very close games. You know, games that went right down to the end. So okay. we've pretty much seen everything in this series. Denver didn't win by 25. Okay, but, but that was still pretty comfortable in the fourth quarter. And the great thing about all that is none of that means Jack. It doesn't mean anything. If it means anything, the one thing it means is that literally anything can happen tonight because we've already seen anything happen in the series. So go out and write. The script will be written tonight. The script for this series has not been written. It hasn't. It'll be written tonight at about 8, 30, 9 o'clock. We'll know where this thing is going, literally, and how it went. And what we'll remember, the losing team will go back and if the jazz should lose we'll talk about game five and all that but if they win who gives a crap that they were up by 15 in game five it doesn't matter it doesn't matter at all and my guess is that with them playing every other day it the it wouldn't matter either way because if they would have uh, not played, would they have moved the – if they would have won game six and what I'm saying about having an impact on the next series, would that have mattered? Would they just start at 48 hours if both the Jazz and the Clippers had ended at the same time on the same day? So my point is there wouldn't be any more rest in between. 
for the Jazz, would there? Yak was talking to me, so honestly, I didn't hear half of that. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think a rest matters. This, you should be on an adrenaline high. Yeah, this deep into the series, that's the cool thing about the playoffs. And and what I'm saying is, they wouldn't have with the Clippers ending it when the Jazz ended it. Tonight would have been Game One, right? They're yeah. playing every other day, no matter what. Correct. Yeah, it would have been Game One tonight. So they would have to play tonight, and every, every, the Clippers aren't getting – they're getting an advantage now, but the Jazz, if they had won, you can't say, oh, if they had won, no, they, they would have get both, more rest. No, they would have both turned around. They have all the first-round series. Yeah. Your, your potential opponent is playing at the same time. Right. So the Lakers are only getting rest because they wrapped up the season, the, the series earlier. If those same two series had ended at the same time, yeah, then you'd have the same. You just keep going. It's not. Uh, it's not that they 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 know no one really wants to be in the bubble long term, so they're trying to move this along. You know, in another year they might have held up these Eastern playoff series a little bit, but they're moving them right along. All right, DJ and PK coming up. Katie Wingy is going to join us, reporter, analyst, and host for Altitude TV. Covers the Denver Nuggets. Watched them the way we watch the Jazz, night in and night out, all year long. We'll talk with Katie coming up in about ten minutes, right here on ninety seven five at twelve eighty the Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Coaches are now telling Bruce Feldman and others in the media it's a real possibility that the Big Ten may try to reverse course and play again later this fall. It's so frustrating to me. But the Big Ten's like, all right, fine, we're coming back November. Oh, Pac-12 would come running. Would they? Oh, yeah, we're on board like an hour or two later. Like, they're just a bunch of followers. So when does the announcement of, yeah, we don't really care about our student athletes' health come out? Like, does the Big Ten, well, we thought we cared but we don't really care and in fact we'll we're going to november and we're going to start our season right smack dab in the middle of flu season <laughs> it's like we think it's safer now stop with the we care you don't hansen scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network well pk we got a whole bunch of fresh reaction coming in you know how this works it's a PK puts a question up on our Facebook page, and we gather we gather feedback all night. And I'll put the same question up on the Twitter page in the morning. And, oh, oh, the blowback, PK. People oh, are just not very hopeful going into this game. Debbie Downer on Twitter. How much of this can we just write off to? Like, we have to, uh, like, uh, some of the polls, they'll say... Uh, you know, it's uh, presidential polling season, but the people who track it will track previous elections and say, well, this poll skews three points, you know, towards uh, one party or two points towards the other party historically. Do we have to skew Twitter for negativity? It's historically 10 percent more negative than real life. Uh, I don't think so. To me, I think it's like you with your fandom. You downplay it so you don't get hurt. I never worried. I, n- I never had that, but I understand fans do. So you badmouth your teams, and so I think that's what fans are doing. They're trying to lessen, soften the blow. We've got uh, – <laughs> we just got a new one in. The Twitter just refreshed on me. Zach's in a gif. A heck of a lot, and it's got a tatted-up guy in the tank top, and he's sitting in, some, in front of some kind of mural. That's pretty funny. Uh, but a lot of negative. Uh, Mike, 33% unless uh, J.C. or Ingles goes off. Mitchell needs some help. Lacey B. says, I give him a 6% chance of winning. That's very specific. Bill says slim 6%. to none. Slim to none. Ooh, 
Uh, 6% has been in the news of late. Uh, I give him more than that. Come on, it's a game seven. It doesn't make any sense that you wouldn't give him more than that. Blake is already trading Rudy Gobert. Gobert needs to go, realistically. We have no chance against the Clippers. So if we lose game seven, then we can get a great trade for him. (laughs) Blake's into the offseason already. You can get a great trade for him if you win game seven. What's the difference? (laughs) All right, DJ and PK, Katie Wingy joins us, reporter, analyst, and host for Altitude TV and the Denver Nuggets. We'll get the Nuggets perspective next. Stay with us.